0: One sec, my dad's calling me. Oh, boy. Are you in there? Yeah, I did. Podcast. So, don't call me. (laughs) Do you have Netflix open? No, 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 I'm not. Andrew's podcasting. (laughs) Can we edit that part out? (sighs) Of course we can. Okay. Where was I? Or maybe
1: I'll keep it in for a laugh. Okay. Alright, we'll see.
0: (laughs) So, um. Podcaster. (laughs) I mean, I told my whole family I was podcasting, but I guess my dad didn't know. Andrew, Uh, you're
1: on Netflix. Get off Netflix. What do you think? I'm not on
0: Netflix. If I was, I'd be watching Cheers right now.
1: Gentlemen, welcome to Merlin Cast, episode 14. In this episode, we're covering season 2, episode 2, the once in future queen. And this week, it happens to be just me and Andrew. Um, the ladies were unable to be here this week. Uh, Courtney is on vacation somewhere, and Sarah is also on vacation. And I believe Courtney's going to be back next week for the podcast, and Sarah won't be back for another week. So you're going to get a man show today. Oh yeah. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) And we we got some emails from, uh, or we got an email from Sarah. We'll have to include her in this. So it looks like it's just going to be me and Andrew. My name's Aaron Millard.
0: And my name is Andrew Briefly.
1: With a Z. We're gonna with a Z? I don't know I'm just being stupid. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so we'll start with the news here. The Comic Con um, presentation has been put on YouTube by a couple different people. The trailer and the Blooper Reel have both been uploaded. At first there was a a video of the trailer and it was like this lady or it could have been a guy i don't know um she was filming the screen and like she was like hiding on under people like cuz you're not supposed to film the trailers or anything at comic con because they're exclusive and she was like ducking down and like she had the video like down most of the time so you couldn't see a lot of the video of the trailer you could only hear it there's a new trailer online it's also fan uploaded but it's much better video quality and you can see uh, better detail as far as what went on in the trailer. It's still a little shaky, but you get a better idea of it. So Andrew and I have both watched that, and um, you should definitely check out the link. It's on our Twitter. And I thought, for the most part, it was a pretty good trailer. I You couldn't see a whole lot of what was going on. There was like a shot of um, Gwen as Queen. She looked kind of angry. You saw multiple shots with the knights um, in one shot gwayne yells run and they're in the like you see a wolf like they're in or the snow somewhere yeah yeah i think the wolf has something to do with it and there's a funny scene where merlin falls for a trap and him and arthur get tied up in a in a net kind of like and that star a, wars just,
0: scene
1: yeah <laughs> there's a lot of fast fast little scenes where you have to pause and watch each one and you're not going to get a lot from them but it does tease pretty well what the next season is going to be like um there was one uh, reoccurring character there. Uh, you know, the, like, was, I don't care, I'm trying to remember her name. Who? Not the Duraka. Not the Duraka. The, the old lady. The that Calyx? Was, like, all deformed. All deformed. The, yeah, the Calyx, exactly. You she sure? was in this okay. trailer, and she okay. was yeah. kind of saying, like, a prophecy. Um, so she's going to be back, and also there was a lot of talk about this thing called Arthur's bane, which Arthur should fear because it will be the downfall of him. Not too sure what that is just yet, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more of that revealed once the season starts. But some interest in some interesting twists. I think you saw Uther
0: a couple times too, and he was all gray and everything. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was. And that I was actually just saw. I saw a photo today actually, um, on the Merlin wiki. They have a new photo, and it's in the um courtroom. Arthur is standing, um, actually, Andrew, if you want to go to the, just go to the main page of the Merlin Wiki, the first photo you'll see on there is Arthur standing over Uther's body. It looks like Uther's, like, you know, he's obviously dead, but maybe, I don't know exactly how they're going to spin that off, but you can see Arthur standing over Uther's body. Um, so Uther's definitely, we've known since last week that Uther's going to be, um, back this season. Right. Not really sure what what it's going to be like. Do you see that photo I'm talking about?
0: Oh, is it like one of the first photos you brought up? Or?
1: Um, just go... Look oh, wait, never Google mind. Duck I found now. it. You can... I found it. Oh, okay. It's Uther all yep.
0: decked out in his uh, king outfit and Arthur standing. Right. Over. And okay. it looks
1: similar to like a funeral or like calling hours where... And I know back in medieval times they did have, um... The dead laid out for people to pay their respects. Now this is three years later, so I'm not really sure how Uther's is in that greatest shape, but hey, you never know, I guess. They've got. Um, they so that'll some, be interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know preservation techniques.
1: It'd be interesting to see how they're uh, gonna spin that whole one off, but okay. it's a good photo and it definitely teases a little bit into the next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. but overall that trailer. Got me a little excited, you know. So did the bloopers. Excited to, yeah, the bloopers as well. The blooper reel, um it was kinda short and a couple people weren't very happy because it contained just about all scenes with Arthur in them and they would have liked to have seen some more Merlin bloopers. But the bloopers that were in there were really funny. There was a lot of tripping and falling. Uh in one scene Gwen yells um, run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like run and then Oh, everyone he runs just trips, over him. <laughs> <and> it, yeah. <laughs> It happens, like, multiple times, and that was a pretty good one. And then at the end there where Arthur's, like, trying to walk through those vines and he, like, falls over. I did like really that
0: creepy. one where uh, Arthur goes to pull out his sword ends up pulling out the little dagger by accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throws that away. And that was another thing.
1: <laughs> so it, those are, bloopers are always funny, and yeah. it was nice to see some. Hopefully there'll be a little bit more than that, though, because that was really a short blooper reel, I thought. Oh, I'm sure they'll have more. But overall it was interesting. Now, I have one other news piece to talk about. And I don't know a whole lot about this. I just read about it today, actually. But apparently there's going to be a um, three-part novel series that ties in with the TV show. Hmm. So I think it's basically going to be novels written, um, and it's going to follow the storyline of the show. So it won't be, like, any new information or anything. It's just going to be basically a book form of the TV show Merlin. And I don't know a whole lot about it yet. I just started reading about it today but once we find out more information we'll definitely talk about it. But that's interesting. And I don't know, do you think you would go out and buy that and read it or Oh me? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Um well Yeah, if I had some spare cash, sure. I mean I, I would, like <laughs> I don't know, it sounds pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean it, I mean
1: depending on At the same time if it's if it's just the same stuff as the TV show. Oh yeah, that's true. I, mean, I, I don't know. I think it's a good tool for like people that like to read and like people that would find the book and read it and then they'd be like, oh, I should check out the, the TV show. Um, but I don't know how exciting it's going to be for people that have been watching the TV show all along. So we'll see how that plays out. Next, we are going to do our recap of... The episode, The Once and Future Queen. I will, well, actually Andrew. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start that out?
0: Okay. Oh, well, so basically, we uh, begin this episode with a scene. You see a castle and a lake. It's obviously not Camelot. And um, you go inside the palace and you see a king, who's definitely not Uther, uh, staring down at a suit of armor and what looks to be a, a coffin, so someone's obviously died recently, and um, then uh, an, his uh, men bring in this black guy who is an assassin, apparently, and supposedly he's my, myor, my I don't know myor. Okay, I'm gonna call him myor. I think that's how it was. Um, he's supposedly all the most feared assassin in all of Albion, and he somewhat demonstrates his skill on. Uh, what was it? One of the Kingsmen, I think. Or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a little. There. He just
1: kind of takes him down. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you know the King's impressed. You see, and uh, he hires him, and and he says, "I want you to." I think he's a little scared too. Oh yeah, you you could tell, and <laughs> and reasonably so because uh, the assassin told him if someone had a bounty under your head, uh, I would have killed you by now. And um, anyway, so. He hires him. He says, "I want you to kill Arthur Pendragon because apparently Arthur killed this king's son." So um, we go to then to uh, a jousting uh, training session with Arthur and his knights, and uh, Arthur's you know you know just beating everyone else up as usual like he usually does, and uh, you know Merlin's you know going, "Oh, it looks like it hurts," and Arthur keeps reminding him it's not a pillow fight. So you got the whole already. Merlin's a sissy, Arthur's a tough guy, dialogue going on, which happens quite a bit. And um, then we see Arthur go against Sir Leon, and Arthur, uh, he's doing alright at first, he's on target and everything, but then Sir Leon's armor reflects the sunlight right in Arthur's face, so Arthur pulls up and you see him kind of brace himself, he's expecting to get, get completely knocked off his horse, and... Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Leon does Leon doesn't unhorse Arthur, which he should have, at least uh, according to Arthur. And um, so Arthur gets off his horse. He's angry. He starts freaking out on Leon on the knights. He's like, you know, why didn't you? You know, you hesitated. Why'd you hesitate? And uh, Leon he responds with, you know, you're the once in future. I'm sorry, you're the future king. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, you know, injure you or take any of that. And he's like, if you know, if I'd been going against a different opponent, you know, maybe. It would have been. So now Arthur's really angry because now he thinks that his knights have been and are right now, you know, kind of going easy on him just because he's the king. So he gives him a whole lecture on how he should be treated no, like no other, like every other knight. And um, then he goes into his chambers. Merlin's following him. He's freaking out. And uh, then he starts freaking out on Merlin, who's kind of telling him what he wants to hear, even though you think a servant would do that to their king if they wanted to keep their job. But, you know, Arthur's just in a bad mood, so what are you going to do? And then um, we go to Arthur, who's having uh, dinner with Uther, and uh, Merlin's, you know, serving them. And uh, Arthur tells Uther that he's sighted a beast along uh, the border of Camelot. And the quote here is it had a body of a lion, the wings of an eagle, and the face of a bear. <laughs> And Merlin starts giggling a little bit, and Uther... Total fake story. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, Uther looks a little confused. Uh, but he he goes ahead and tells Arthur, you know, he has to destroy it. So, uh, Arthur's like, oh, darn. Well, I think
1: that's because or hmm? er, Arthur was like, it must be a creature of sorcery. And then Uther's like, well, oh, well, you yeah, better destroy right. it then. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, Uther,
0: you know, can't have any sort of magic in Camelot. So, anyway, so, um... And then uh, Arthur's kind of cleverly planned this. So, you know, oh darn, I'm going to miss the tournament. And so, but uh, obviously, Uther's priorities are it's magic. It's got to go. So, you know, uh, so he, he sends Arthur, he thinks, to destroy it. And then Arthur, he goes and tells his knights to go to the borders without him. May, and he makes them actually swear loyalty that they won't return to... And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> wow. I don't remember eating that. But, um, he, may, he makes them swear that they won't tell that he'll return to Camelot. That's like a tongue twister, right there. Because, uh, he's gonna go back, obviously, and joust in his own tournament without anyone knowing. And then, uh, Merlin brings Arthur some of his own clothes. And, uh, apparently, according to Sarah, they look very similar to Mordred's clothes, just bigger. And, um, let's see. And, yeah, then you have a little funny dialogue between Merlin and Arthur. So, then we go to Uther, and, um, he's talking, uh, to the spy he has in King Odin's. So, um... I think that's the king who obviously hired the assassin which I forgot right. earlier and um, he says uh, he uh, the spy says that he's placed a bounty on Arthur's head and sent, he's sending the assassin Myr, I think it's pronounced Myr, to kill him and he's probably on his way to Camelot so obviously Uther, double guard look for the assassin you know, standard operating procedure for assassins I guess And, um, so then Arthur, as part of his plan, we see him going into Gwen's house. And, uh, you know, she's a little surprised at herself that, uh, you know, she allowed Merlin to, you know, talk her into this. And, um, Arthur, you know, he's royalty. He's used to, you know, special treatment, feasts, banquets, big chambers. And he see, you can see he's a little, you know, he kind of looks down upon you know, Gwen's, you know, humble house, I guess, and, um, but Merlin, he, he tries to, uh, you see him a few times, like on more than one occasion, try to, uh, stop Arthur from insult, from, you know, kind of hurting Gwen's feelings, even though you'll see later on he does, and, um, now Merlin, he's also found a, just kind of a simple farm boy to, Supposedly take Arthur's place in the tournament. And, uh... Let's see. Alright. Yeah, Arthur's a little surprised by this, uh... This, um... Farm... I think it's a farm boy, right? Or something like that? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. And, um... You know, he just kind of looks... I don't know, because this guy doesn't really look a whole lot like the knightly type per se, you know, he kind of looks a little scraggly. Not at all. Yeah, he looks pretty scraggly, definitely nothing really noble about him, but, uh, you know, they clean him up and, uh, let's see, and he's known as, wait, what? Sir William of Day, Day that's the name that come up for him, right? Sir William yeah. of Day, Day gosh.
1: Deira. You don't have to try and pronounce that. That's okay.
0: okay. Deira. Deira. I don't know. Okay. And um so they they're kind of uh trying to teach him how to act nightly, how to ride a horse, wear armor, all that stuff. Basically all the stuff outside of actually jousting. And um right. Then we go to guy and then this we, a oh,
1: yeah. really funny scene. The guy looks nothing like a knight and then they have to clean him up. And then he, he, does, he doesn't move like a knight either. And when they try and tell him to act noble and everything, he he gets all, like, big. And Arthur's like, well, that's not quite right. And then Gwen and Merlin are like, oh, yeah, it kind of is. And then and they're like, you got to talk like a knight, too. And at first he doesn't do a good job, but then he's like, polish my armor, boy. And he's talking to Merlin. And then Arthur's like, that's more like <laughs> it. And Merlin gets mad. And I just love that scene. I thought uh, it was really funny.
0: Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And um, then uh, this, uh, in this, in, at this time, too, uh, Guys, he's kind of uh, making Merlin do extra chores. And so Merlin's not too happy about that, between having Arthur and this farm boy telling him what to do, and then on top of that, Gaius is making him do more work. So, you know, just good old Merlin working his life away. So, but anyway, you know, that's normal. And Arthur, he, uh, we go back to Arthur and Gwen's apartment, I guess. It's not exactly a full house. It's just kind of, you know, (laughs) a medieval apartment, I guess. And, um, Arthur, he kind of, he's walking around. They're gonna, he's heading to bed. And he kind of, he just kind of takes Gwen's bed, assuming it's for him. You know, not even asking, uh, you know, where would you like me to sleep? And nothing like that. He just kind of takes Gwen's bed, and Gwen's a little surprised, you see, and so she just kind of, she sleeps on the floor, doesn't he? she, or... Yeah, yeah she sleeps on the floor. Yeah, and so you kind of have like a, you know, it's just kind of an awkward moment between Arthur and Gwen up here, because you really see the kind of royal royalty as opposed to commoner, you know, between Arthur and Gwen, so you're wondering, right. you're kind of wondering, how's this going to work between the two, if they're obviously... Eventually, gonna you know get together and be future king, queen, etc. But um, anyway, so yeah, they go to bed and we go to the assassin. Mayor he sneaks into Camelot and he goes and uh, talks with uh, At first you think it's a Camelot guard, which it is, but I guess this guy's uh kind of a traitor, I guess. And uh, yeah, who he tells Mayor that Arthur is in fact actually still in Camelot, and he's doesn't want he doesn't want anyone to know he's still in Camelot so I mean that seems a little confusing but uh, you know Meyer thinks it's kind of because he knows there's an assassin coming so um, <clears throat> yeah so we go to the tournament and uh, this William that's uh, supposedly taking Arthur's place he's just kind of standing in for uh, you know the lineup the ceremonial stuff well Arthur's gonna do the actual jousting. So nobody knows who he is, so they won't go easy on him. And, um, Gwen's watching. Arthur goes incognito. And, um, so they begin jousting. Arthur's winning, you know, round after round. And, uh, Uther's really impressed, and so is Morgana. You know, there's, everyone's wondering where on earth did this knight come from? But it's, it's kind of funny, you know, just watching, uh, This guy, when uh, William's standing in, you know, he doesn't exactly know how to ride a horse. And, you know, just some of the stuff he does is pretty funny. And you don't exactly expect expect that from a knight supposedly doing as well as he is. And um, then we go to Meyer, who's also watching the tournament. And uh, just kind of piecing together what's going on. And um, Arthur, he's planning to reveal his true identity towards the end because he wants you know everyone to realize you know he is the best even if uh some of the other knights have been going easy on him in the past and uh, of course he's making Merlin you know wash his armor do all these different chores Merlin's not happy obviously so um
1: so we're you're at what uh yeah dinner at
0: Gwen's house all right so um yeah, she and Arthur have this little dialogue. Basically, Guinevere's curious as to why Arthur's going undercover jousting, but then having this farmer boy stand in for him because you know it kind of seems strange if if you're one of the characters in the show who doesn't understand you know what Arthur's whole plan is. And um, basically, Arthur tells her obviously what he told the knights. He doesn't want you know, special treatment from them as far as jousting and fighting. He wants to actually earn, you know, the cha- the championship. He wants to earn, you know, his place as, you know, the best warrior in, you know, the f- future king of Camelot. And um, <clears throat> now, Arthur, he's uh, kind of making Gwen do, all, like, all the work for him around the house. And according to Merlin, he's being kind of a prat, you know, as Merlin would say. So, the next
1: scene, Merlin is asleep on the floor. He's been tasked with lots of chores by Gaius, and he's about to scrub the leech tank, but he hasn't gotten to that yet. And he's dead asleep on the floor, and Gaius walks in, and Gaius gets angry at him and says he's so lazy and he hasn't done anything. And Merlin just goes on like this all out rant, and he gets so angry. And he goes, he's like just listing off the things he has to deal with how he has to do all of Arthur's work, how he has to hide that he has magic and have to worry about. Uther, um, executing him at any time, if you ever found out, and he has this huge list of things he has to deal with, and Gaius is kind of taken aback, and yeah. he actually kind of realizes yeah. that he's been a little hard on Merlin. So, that was a great scene, and I think it was nice for Merlin to actually stand up for himself. Yeah, and he just kind of walks but, out. Yeah, <sighs> it was, uh, it was it was definitely what he needed.
0: I think, if yeah. If you're one of those people who's really been sympathizing with Merlin the whole time, and probably everyone has, this is kind of a satisfying scheme for you, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then we go back to the tournament. Arthur's in the semifinals, and he has to face Sir Leon. And when he faces him, he wins. And Gaius asks Gwen if she's taken by Sir William. And she says he's an arrogant prig. And that was kind of funny just because she's more talking about Arthur than she is about Sir William, but Gaius is a little, I feel like he's a little suspicious of what's going on. Yeah. But Arthur, since he won that match, he's in the finals and he'll be facing Sir Eleanor, so everyone's all excited for that except they just think it's this new knight, Sir William. Next we see Merlin, Uh, he's cleaning, he's like taking care of one of the horses and Myror comes up to him and Myror asks him a bunch of questions and he's like oh it's kind of curious that you're still in Camelot while well, Arthur's out on a hunting trip and of course Merlin has no idea who Myror is but they're just sitting there talking and Myror asks a bunch of questions and he figures out that Arthur is definitely around somewhere and he's just got to figure out where now and Merlin I don't think has any idea that what Myror's up to because he doesn't know what Myror looks like but Gwen then Okay, so the next scene, we're back in, I think it was in Gwen's house, when Gwen um says, or Arthur wants to know what Gwen honestly thinks, and Gwen kind of goes off on how Arthur's so late, he's so rude and arrogant, and how she's been doing everything for him, and how he took her bed, and just like basically everything that Arthur's been doing wrong, and stuff that Arthur definitely needed to hear, and... <laughs> Arthur feels terrible and I, this is one of those moments that I think is great because you get to see Arthur grow as a king as he realizes some of the things he's been doing wrong. Yeah. But he says that he'll make up everything he's done for Gwen with dinner. And this is hilarious because it's it's just Arthur definitely can't cook. And he's like he's like, "Oh, what am I going to do?" And then he's like, "Oh, I know. I'll just ask Merlin to get two dinners from the palace kitchen." So that's what he has Merlin do. But so Arthur, again, takes the easy way out, even though he could have tried to cook himself. And I think Gwen would have been just as happy as if he burnt a meal and actually tried then this royal meal. But in the next scene, Myror finally tracks down Arthur and sees that he's in Gwen's um, little house there. And it's kind of a big moment because Myror is like, oh, now i got to kill Arthur. So, they're, Arthur and Gwen are at dinner, and Gwen's all impressed, but Myro is looking in through the window, and Myro goes and gets this mini little crossbow, and he sticks it into the window, and he's about to shoot Arthur when some guards conveniently come around the corner, <laughs> so Myror has to take off running, and Myro runs into like the one of the center areas, and then guards are coming from the other side, and just when you think he's going to get caught, he just escapes right through the middle, so he's disappeared again and now he's got to come up with another plan. But back at dinner, Gwen notices that the royal seal of Camelot is on the plates, and she realizes that they're from the palace kitchens, and then she comes to the conclusion that Arthur did not actually cook this meal, and she's not very happy about that at all, because Arthur was going to do one little nice thing for her, and he couldn't even do that. So she's very angry, and she tells Arthur what's on her mind. And... Arthur really realizes how terrible he's been to her, and he ends up taking the floor for that night and lets her sleep on the bed. And Merlin, in the meantime, has come in the room, and he, and Arthur's like, oh, Merlin, can you go fetch my mattress from um, inside the castle? And Merlin's like, how am I supposed to do that? He's like, I don't know, strap it to your back or something. So he can't even handle sleeping on the floor for a night. But that was a pretty funny scene. Okay, so Merlin's back in his room, and Gaius comes up and talks to him and tells him that basically he's realized everything Merlin said is true, and that he's been really tough on Merlin, and Merlin should relax for the next few days. So it was actually really nice of Gaius to give Merlin a break, and I really appreciated that scene. In the meantime, uh, Uther is back up, all pacing around, all nervous, and one of his people report to him that... Myror has been spotted inside of Camelot, so now Uther knows that Myror's around, and he's obviously in a panic. Just a little disclaimer here. Um, When Andrew and I uh, recorded this podcast, we got a little lost at this point in the recap and completely forgot about the kiss between Gwen and Arthur, which we talk about later in the show, but I just wanted to point out that that's not in here. I know that's a very romantic and essential part of this episode and we apologize for our lack of romanticism. I'm sure if Sarah and Courtney were on, uh we definitely would have talked about this a lot more. But we get back to the tournament. It's finally time for the tournament to take place. The last round. And right beforehand, Myror sneaks into Eleanor's uh tent and he kills Eleanor and takes his place. So now we've got two knights well, I don't actually. Myra's not really a knight, but we've got two people taking the place of other people. So you've yeah. got you're gonna have a match where people think this Sir William guy, who they've never heard of before, is facing off against Sir Eleanor, and neither of those people are actually who they think they are. So there's a whole lot going on inside of those helmets that no one in Camelot has any idea about. So the first round starts, and Merlin is watching, and he's pretty excited because he doesn't know yet that. Myrora is inside that suit. But they start the joust, and when they're just about to hit, Myrora has this, like, a iron spear fist, I guess you could say, on the end of his, uh, what are they called? The lance? This long... lance? Lances, yeah. He has a, a iron fist on his lance, and right when he's about to hit Arthur, he hits, like, a button on it, and this uh, spear comes out of the end of the fist, and he pierces Arthur's armor, and Arthur's wounded, um, but Arthur does not fall off the horse, so he's still in the match. But he's severely wounded, and he is losing a lot of blood. He's really dizzy. And they take him in the tent, and he's like, I have to keep fighting. I can't quit. And Gwen's, like, freaking out, and she doesn't want anything to happen. But um, Arthur insists, and he ends up going back out there for the second round. Now, Merlin knows that, without a doubt, Myro is going to kill Arthur if he doesn't do something. So when the next run's about to start, Arthur takes off and he's just going so slow and he's so out of it. You can see they keep showing his eyes and how dizzy he is. Mm-hmm. And Myra is just going full blast and something bad's going to happen. But right at the last minute, Merlin uses his magic to knock Myra off his horse. Now I don't know about you, but to me, if I was in the audience watching this, and Myra, I'd just be a little like suspicious, like he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even like, and I mean Arthur still connects with him, but. I mean, come on. And apparently that blast was enough to kill Myror. Um, huh. So My- Myror falls to the ground and he's dead. And no one knows it's Myror. They still think it's Eleanor. And I guess now they're just assuming that Eleanor is dead. Which, hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you get to see Gaius back in the tent examining the body. And he notices that that's definitely not Eleanor. And Merlin just kind of looks at him like, oh, I don't know what happened. But it's pretty it's a pretty funny scene. Yeah. And then we see um, the award ceremony is about to happen where Sir William is supposed to get his trophy, and that's where Arthur is going to reveal himself and show that he was good enough to defeat everyone without them letting up on him. But right at the last minute, in one of his more glorious moments, he decides that Sir William should go out and accept the trophy because he is the rightful... um, the rightful person to get it. even though he didn't actually fight arthur's showing some humility which he doesn't normally do and this was a big moment for arthur and i think gwen really realizes that and i think that's why arthur did it was for gwen so it was a great moment and you got to see sir william go out there and accept the trophy and he's all excited and it was great to see the whole thing um it was great to see sir william get the the trophy and then towards right towards the end of the episode well it really is yet and arthur pulls gwen aside and tells her that what happened between them it shouldn't be spoken of because his father would never understand. And Gwen's very understanding of this, and she says, that's fine, um, perhaps when you're king in the future, things will be different and we will have our chance together. So a little fo- foreshadowing there. Yeah. But overall, yeah, it was a great episode. And that's, that's really the end of it. So we'll do our ratings. I'll go first. I thought this episode was really good. I enjoyed all the tournament action in it and I really loved some of those um early season episodes where there was tournaments there was a, um yeah like there's a bunch action. of tournaments <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, th- the last season at least there really wasn't anything of that nature which I was kind of bummed about because these episodes are great cuz it brought together knights from all over different kingdoms and it was really had a it had a good medieval feel to it. So yeah. this was this was one of my um, more favorite episodes, and I'd probably rate it like a nine point three or four, because it had lots of action. It had the most important kiss in oh my gosh! You know what? I just realized I skipped I skipped the kiss scene, the most important scene. Well, that's kind of to know be too.
0: expected because we're both dudes.
1: Yeah, for real. Leave it up to two guys <laughs> to forget that. I better, all right, I'm going to go back. Rewind here. So, the next morning after Arthur takes the bed, he's about to go and joust in the tournament. And beforehand, Gwen's like, I have something for you. She gives him like this white cloth, and she wants him to wear it for luck in the tournament. And you have this very romantic scene. You don't know what's going to happen, but they're both staring into each other's eyes. I'm going to talk about this very romantically, just to prove... Sarah wrong, in that two guys can handle the romance in this episode. Oh, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a very, very dramatic stare for the two of them, and then Arthur goes in for the kiss, and you have this very romantic kiss where they sit there lip-locked for a good 30 seconds, and you can just see all the great romance, and it's it's big because Arthur's the king, and Gwen is just a servant at this point, and that's huge for a king to do something like this. It's a huge moment, it's very romantic, and it's something that a lot of people have been waiting for, and some people probably didn't expect. But there'll be many more kisses to come. So, overall, a very important scene. I'm very sorry that I forgot about that earlier, and I can't wait to hear what Sarah has to say about that. <laughs> but, um. I
0: don't think we're going to hear the end. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, yeah.
1: It. <laughs> That was a huge, huge moment, and probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. My other favorite part was when they were um, preparing Sir William for the fight, because he he had no idea how to act, and it was so funny to see them try and coach him into being a proper knight. So that was probably my favorite scene. And my favorite actor was definitely um, Alex Price, who played... Sir William, just because he did a great job of acting like he had no idea what was going on, and, and he was really good at turning into a proper knight, and it was just really funny scenes with him in there, and it was nice to see a outside character do such a great job. So, Andrew, what were your thoughts?
0: I'd say I'd give it about 9.5, because, I mean, it was really nice like to actually see some jousting, some knight, like different knights, armor, all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's definitely what you hope for. In an episode of a medieval show, and you know it's kind of a coincidence. You know, the, that last episode we did had knights and fighting and tournaments, and I don't, I don't know. I'm seeing I'm seeing a pattern here, but um, yeah. So definitely a nine point five. Um, I'd say my favorite scene. Uh, let's see, probably the uh, the very end when Sir Williams receiving his trophy. Because I mean, a you know, it's nice to see Arthur show a little humility, you know, for, for one thing. And I think that's something a lot of people can, re- just average people can relate to. You know, wanting to take credit for something, you know, you've done and you feel good about. Then kind of stepping back and thinking, you know, you know what? You know, it's, you know, I'll just, you know, do something nice when no one's looking. Or, so, you know, do something well when no one's looking. And, you know, I know I did it but, you know, I'm not going to go around tooting my own horn. So it was nice to see Arthur, you know, do that for a change. And um, B, it was just kind of funny watching Sir William, you know, mess around on his horse and being all happy, getting a trophy. And, yeah, so I, I don't know, I just felt really good during that scene. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, and I'd say uh, best act actress in this case, I'd say Angel Colby. On, one sec. Let me make sure I pronounce it. Angel Colby. Yes, I'm cool. I'm terrible with names, but yeah, so I'm just gonna say Angel. I'd say she did a really good job between, um, you know, just kind of playing the reluctant host for Arthur and okay, well, actually, both her and Colin Morgan kind of when you had Merlin and Guinevere, you know. Both both kind of expressing themselves as to, you know, their roles as servants and, you know, commoners. You know, how they're always, you know, serving, you know, the royalty, Arthur, you know, that sort of thing. It's kind of good to see them just kind of express themselves and how they feel, you know, for a change. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, those were my overall thoughts. Yep.
1: And we had, we had Sarah, since she wouldn't be here, she sent us a quick little letter um with her thoughts on the episode and on some of the other stuff we talked about. So I'll go ahead and read that. The letter says, "Hey Merlin Cast listeners, and then she's talking to us. Um it is very interesting that you chose this episode, The Once and Future Queen. I thought you said last week, Andrew, that you should recap a more masculine jousting episode since Courtney and I won't be there. Well, how ironic since this one mm-hmm. this is sorry, since this is one of the most romantic episodes in the series." A pity you won't have us on to discuss and gush over the Arwen moments. Oh, yeah. Which we happen to forget the big one. Such a
0: pity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will enjoy a testosterone perspective and analysis of the romanticism between Arthur and Gwen. Haha. <laughs> I can imagine it being very dry with a lot of ums, ams, and uhs. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for that, Sarah. That being said, my rating for this episode is a 9.8. I adored this episode, watching it the first time, and I still adore it today. I thought the screenplay was written extremely well, the acting also quite good. I enjoy all the jousting and action. I thought it was done very well. These shots, when the knights fell, were artfully shot and done extremely well. Overall, this episode was an all-around medieval episode. You have the knights fighting for honor, a sinister scheme with many inside help in double crossing, and the knight winning the fair hand uh, winning the hand of the fair lady. All done very well. This was something I was going to mention last episode but didn't get to. Aaron parentheses, just kidding, as all is always forgiven. But for some reason I feel as if season four went a little backwards as far as writing. And content goes. Just being reminded of all the fighting scenes between the knights, the jousting, the witty dialogue, where every line is not wasted. I look at season four and kind of wonder what happened. Maybe it's just me, but I honestly love season one, two, and three a lot more than I like season four. And I I would definitely agree on that one. I don't know about you. I'd say so. Perhaps it's because each of the episodes were lighter and more playful than they are now. Who knows? But rewatching the earlier seasons just remind me of how much I love Merlin and why I love it. It is in many ways a classic medieval story with not as much drama. My favorite actor is Alex Price, who played William. Great choice, Sarah. He did a fantastic job playing this geeky farmer and then switching to a knight. Although he said very little, his facial expressions were priceless and timed perfectly. My second would be Colin Morgan. His timing is amazing. My favorite line... From him, Gwen says you're cooking, and he says that kind of sarcastically, so it's pretty funny. Favorite scene, when Colin has an outbreak in front of Guys and yells at him about how much pressure he is under. Yeah, and I really like that scene, too, and uh, Merlin made some great points. Oh, yeah. To answer the Twitter questions as well, which I have a couple Twitter questions we're going to discuss. Um, one of them I asked was, if, uh, uh, if there's one character in the past seasons that you wish wouldn't have died, who would it be? And Sarah says, I think Freya should not have died. At least she was the one I felt the most upset by dying. Merlin had finally found someone magical in his life, even though she was cursed. The storyline was so beautiful, and you could finally see Colin giddy and happy to do things for her. I really wish she hadn't died, but I understand why. Someone needs to give Excalibur to Merlin. Another question I asked was, who would I like, or who would you like to see end up together Um, in Merlin? And Sarah's response is, Morgana and Merlin, of course. I wish they could have taken that relationship in that direction in the first and second season. Merlin was being so nice to her when she was struggling with her magic. If Gaius and the Great Dragon let him, Merlin could have come alongside her and I believe she would not have become evil. Instead, she relied on more ghosts who corrupted her. It makes me sad. While I understand Merlin, the ship wanting to be a romantic one, I feel a little cheated by that. I really love their bromance. In fact, I love all bromances, really. I wish that they didn't have to taint every good friendship, even between girls and guys, with the idea of having a relationship out of it. Some people just know each other so well that they're simply really good friends. For instance, Sherlock and Watson, if they had had a romantic relationship, I don't think their interaction relationship would be as, as effective. Keep romances, not, not all have to be romances. To me, it makes it more effective for them to be close brothers and care about each other than have to be romantically involved. And she's speaking about, um, I'll talk about this a little later, actually, but we had some people say that they want Merlin and Arthur to be in a relationship together. Um, So, all right, have fun. Hope this helps and wasn't too long. (laughs) So thank you for that, Sarah. There's your little ounce of Sarah for the week since she wasn't able to be here. And Courtney, um, she's kind of gone away from her computer, so she didn't get a chance to send us anything, which is fine. We'll hear from her next week. And then we also had um Regina Davis email in to us. She's a Merlin Cast fan. And she had some comments about the episode. Um it was it was pretty lengthy and there was lots of great stuff in there, but in order to keep the show kinda down I had to cut out a little bit of it. So Andrew's gonna read that.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Well this episode in particular, she said, um I rate it a ten. The blend of romance, comedy, drama, suspense, and action, with all of which I agree with for sure. And um she says again, uh, "For me to pick one part will be hard. Uh, here are my favorite parts, and she has about eight different ones. And I mean, you know, I can definitely understand that because there were obviously a lot of great scenes in this particular episode. So uh, yeah, so here's a few of the scenes. Um, number one, when the end, when everyone's exiting from the hall, Arthur stops and called Gwent and explains why they can't pursue. You know what happened between them." and uh, Gwen being so understanding, and uh, the way he walked away and looked back at her. So, um, Regina here says, uh, my heart just broke for both of them. This both volumes of Arthur's character explained to Gwen, the, the servant, his reason for not pursuing a relationship with her. I think Bradley James and Angel Colby did a great job here. And certainly that's true. I mean, the chemistry between those two, especially in that scene, and for the whole episode was really good. Um wait a second. Alright, so I skipped some of them. Yeah, okay. So, so um let's see, number four, um, the scenes with all the jousting is just it's just great action. They did a really good job. It was fun and exciting to watch. You knew who was going to win, but it was just great to watch. And I mean that's true, it was kind of obvious. That you know Arthur was going to win because even if the knights had been going you know somewhat easy on him in the past you know he's still the best warrior in Camelot obviously so um but even even though you knew who was going to win it was still just kind of exciting to you know just see the knights and the armor and you know just kind of the classic medieval jousting which I mean any medieval show you kind of got to have once in a while so and let's see go to number seven here. And we have the Gwen slash Merlin slash Arthur scenes. And um, one of which being where Merlin and Gwen look at Arthur when he told the farmer boy, now a knight, to go get the trophy. Uh, They look like um, they kind of had that we are so proud of you look. And uh, Arthur's just trying to play it off like it's nothing. So, yeah, I mean, and we've already discussed that scene. So, yeah. Very good yeah. scene. And uh, number eight we have is uh, Merlin's face when Gwen said Arthur was cooking her dinner. And yeah, that's that's pretty understandable because you see it, you see it in Merlin's face. You know Arthur cook. You know the world's gone upside down here. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and Merlin obviously knows Arthur well enough to know something's up because uh, Arthur does, Arthur isn't exactly a chore person. So, right. Yeah. So, those were just a few of the scenes. So, well, thank
1: you, Regina, for emailing those into us. And, yeah. uh, for future episodes, if anyone has any, uh, extended reviews of the episodes they want to send us, or even any short ones, you can also email them into us, themerlincast at com. That was a great example right there of uh, another way you can get a hold of us. Uh, and another major way we do this is through Twitter. We have lots of people respond on there. So, we have a couple, um, responses on parts of the episode that people enjoyed the first one is from and i want to make a disclaimer here um a lot of twitter names are hard to pronounce so don't judge us on our pronunciation we're doing our best but the first <laughs> one's from at l underscore Melaney. and she says the kiss between arthur and gwen smiley face heart So she really enjoyed that romantic scene, and I think that was a very popular scene for many people as it's probably one of the most romantic scenes in all of Merlin history. So great choice there. Andrew, next one.
0: All right, yeah, the second one we have from Stew, and again, so sorry if I messed that up, which I probably did. Um, Many things, the whole things, but Merlin's rant most of all uh several exclamation points and hearts and other symbols and yeah i definitely agree i i know i felt very satisfied during that scene and yeah i just kinda we've all been there you know where we feel like we want to explode and you know here's merlin finally doing it and you know it's kind of good that he gets it out because we've uh, up till now we've seen him just kind of work and take Arthur's crap and take Issa's scolding and all this stuff. So it's finally nice to see Merlin doing a little yelling of his own. So, yeah, good choice. That's right.
1: (laughs) Okay, and also throughout the week I asked a few um, discussion questions on Twitter, and we got lots of responses on those. And I really encourage you to go out and um, answer those questions. That's a great way to be mentioned on the podcast. So one of the first questions I asked was, is there any character you wish wouldn't have died in previous seasons? Who would it be and why? Oh, I'll read this one. And some of the responses <laughs> we got. Okay, um, go
0: ahead. Yeah, first one uh, Brad Wills 2000. Lancelot, only friend of Merlin's who knew about his magic, plus a great knight, smiley face. And thank you for that reply. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, man. I think yeah. I've already expressed enough about how I feel about Lancelot, so. Yeah. Very good response. Yeah, I can see why you
1: like that one. Yeah. Oh, and, and I like the next one, second too. second answer <laughs> from Kelly Ray 33, she said, Lancelot, much as I love Arthur, there's no denying the chemistry between Lancelot and Guinevere. Boom. And that's very true. As much as people don't like to admit it, there was great chemistry there. But Lancelot seemed to be one of the common answers for people um, when we asked this question. Andrew, you can go ahead with the next one.
0: Um, from <laughs> Trey Joe. Okay. Um, forgive me, but I'm not gonna try to pronounce that because I'm going to screw. Trey joke,
1: Trey joke J W. All right, that's what you we're gonna know. say on
0: that. All right. Um, of course I want to say Lancelot. Oh, no surprise there, because he was a friend of Merlin. But I'm thinking, oh come on, Freya, because of the potential love interest. All right. What? He had he. Whoever you are, you had it. You just had it, but then you just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't know. Never mind. I'm just kidding. No, no. Good choice. Because actually... Um, <sighs> don't mind,
1: Andrew. No, no, no. that was He's just that, a little that jealous that, was, that, was, that you didn't choose Lancelot.
0: That was a good scene. Because actually watching that one episode with Freya, you know, I was very happy for Merlin until, of course, she died. Which, I, you know, I just kind of feel like Merlin just kind of got the <laughs> crap end of that deal. But because you know he finally, he finally yeah. had someone who you know he you know he could have had potentially you know a romantic relationship with, and who he just liked being around in general, and you know of course that got yanked away from him. So, but yeah, right. both both good choices.
1: The next one is from A. D. Morrow, um, and they say Freya, Merlin had a moment where he could share his heart and be himself, and fate took it away. That's very true and we had a lot of responses for Freya. Freya was one of the more popular ones as well and I think a lot of people really felt bad for Merlin in that episode and it was sad to see Merlin get so connected with someone and then lose them in such a sad way so soon. So maybe someday Freya will come back and Merlin will be able to have a relationship with her. You never know. Uh, Another question I asked was if you could see a relationship develop between two characters, who would they be? Now this is one that we got some interesting responses, and I guess I was a little naive and I hadn't really looked too far into people's um, shipping of different characters, but one of the more popular responses we actually got was um, Merlin and Arthur, hmm. so it was it was quite interesting, um, but I guess there's quite a following out there who of people who think that would be a great idea, so Andrew you can go ahead and read the first one there.
0: Uh, the first one we have uh, from Lemoine Marie. I think. And, again, I probably screwed up, but I apologize. Um, Merlin and Gwaine, or Morgana and Merlin, exclamation point. Um, Definitely interesting. Um, I know we mentioned the first one in uh, Sarah's letter about Morgana and Merlin, and I kind of feel the same way. Um, Merlin and Gwaine, that's... I haven't really thought about one, to to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I think... um, yeah. I I don't know. Gosh, I I never really thought about that.
1: That would be that would be interesting because
0: <laughs> um, I know Merlin and Gwen tend to, they're both kind of you know rather perky characters when you think about it. So I mean I don't know that could right. that could go a whole number of ways you know depending depending on you know how you see it. So.
1: Yeah, and I think Morgana and Merlin. A lot of people want to see Morgana's evil kind of go away and her be able to connect with Merlin since they're both magical people. Yeah, that's But right. the next. The next one, at, okay, at Bill Bilkisu Luckman, I'd stick with Bradley and Angel. They already are used to being together. Why not make it for real? Just saying. Um, this is curious because I'm not sure if this person has watched season four. <laughs> because they are together now, and they are king and queen. Uh, unless they're saying that Bradley and Angel, oh, okay, maybe they're saying that Br- um Bradley and Angel, the two, the actor and the actress, should be together in real life. Um, hmm. so yeah, actually, that if we're talking about it in that in that respect, which I think that's actually what they mean. Sorry if we messed that up. Um, yeah, that would be really cool to see those two um people get together in real life and I know there's been lots of times where actors and actresses have gotten together after a movie or after a TV show so yeah that'd be really cool um and then I'll grab this next one too this is from uh Stu, who actually had a response earlier and they she said Merlin and Morgana XX heart heart so they're definitely very passionate about that relationship as well Andrew you want to get the next one?
0: yes um this one is from Weirdos in Love and we have Merlin and Arthur, Merlin and Arthur, always Merlin and Arthur, Murther. And we have a smiley face and several hearts following that one. And yeah, you as Aaron mentioned earlier, this was kind of one of our more popular responses too. And I don't know, I think I kind of have to agree with um again with Sarah's explanation cuz it's, it's when you have a, I don't know, a romantic relationship as opposed to uh, very good friends, you know, you know each other inside out relationship. I think, and when she mentioned Sherlock Holmes and, you know, Watson, and I'm sure most of our listeners, you know, know who, obviously if they haven't seen the movies, if they know the whole plot behind, you know, those two. You know, it's kind of, I don't know, I'd, I'd say it's more of a, dynamic duo-type thing rather than, like, a romantic-type thing. Plus, you already have Arthur now as the king and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Gwen as his queen. So you already have that relationship developing. So, I mean, that doesn't exactly leave Arthur a whole lot of room to develop to him anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, so...
1: And yeah. I, I think that's more of just, like, something people wish they could see like in their imagination because then you know it wouldn't really work out too well with the whole plot of the show but um i think it's just more of a fantasy for some people so right. hey it's an interesting one at least it is um the next one we have is at Fay, peroni i'm gonna guess um they said merlin and Mythian, which hey that's a that's a new one um Mythian one, was the princess who's going to marry arthur um in series four and she was a really attractive girl and that would be really interesting to see the two of them together and also grab the next one. Um at K T Kirsty said not sure about characters in the show, but I'd love to see Merlin with someone magical like himself. And I agree Merlin definitely needs someone magical in his life and for him to be in a relationship with someone like that, like he would have been with Freya. Or I Mor- think that's uh or that's Morgana a, had they Or Morgana in yeah. that case, yeah, there's two people. But if maybe someone new that's magical could be introduced, that'd be interesting as well.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Andrew, very next
0: true. one. Uh, next one we have uh, at you Can flake. I think. That's it. Um, yep. I would say Merlin and Freya, except that he can't have a good relationship with the Lady of the Lake, but they were beautiful. And, yes, they were. You know, as we mentioned earlier, you that's know, they had true. a great thing going, obviously. You know, they made each other happy, you know, you know they they could they really could have gone somewhere you know potentially with a relationship right. but unfortunately you know yeah you know just the events that happened you know and, and obviously with Freya's death you know it didn't work out and obviously you had to have right. someone to uh, you know give Merlin the sword from the lake and everything but it kind of would have been nice to see that relationship go farther too I mean you know I definitely wouldn't mind seeing that so right but yeah.
1: Um, and then one other question we asked was if there was a villain from the past you'd like to see come back, who would it be? And at Mayan Chocolate said Uther is he a villain? So they obviously want to see Uther back. I don't know if you classify him as a villain. I guess you could kind of say he is. But yeah, that's that's you know that's an interesting idea, and I oh, think uh, we already know well, Uther's going to make an yeah. appearance. Yeah, he will. So um, okay, Andrew, the next one. Yeah,
0: Uh, next one we had uh, from. Love doorship underscore lda, Nimway um, Nimway Nimway, and more ghosts, because they could join with Morgana. Very, I think that's a very good response because you know, for one thing, I think in the first it was I think it was just for season one, uh, Nimway was you kind of had the whole you know a different villain villain per episode, but. You know, you obviously saw Nimue more than once, and she was kind of the main, uh, primary uh, antagonist in the first season. And yeah, I agree. I definitely wouldn't mind, you know, seeing her come back somehow, some way, because she was, you know, a formidable opponent for Merlin. Uh, she's a very powerful sorceress, and, um, you know, had she and Morgana ever met, when Morgana was evil, uh, you know they really could have had something going there as far as you know an alliance against Camelot and Arthur.
1: Absolutely.
0: And Morgoth. Um, I I don't. I think uh, I liked the idea of Nimue better than Morgoth, because I don't know you just you only had recently, like last season recently, Morgoth dying, and um, you know just kind of the whole thing where Morgana had to you know kill her own sister if you want to use that term but um yeah that would be interesting if she could have come back too somehow and uh you know kind of get back yep. with Morgana and you know Nimue if you wanted to bring her back too that'd be interesting to see how that played out cause I mean this season season 4 especially I mean I know in the first, two se- the first few seasons you kind of got tired of having like a different villain every episode type thing But at the same time, you don't want just one villain the whole time with no one else. And I know we had Agravain and, you know, a few other small villains in season four. But really, Morgana was, in just about every episode, maybe save one or two. And, you know, it was kind of obvious the whole time she was the villain behind everything, kind of using Agravain as her, you know, pawn. So I don't know, I wouldn't mind seeing a few more villains in these next couple seasons. Obviously you need Morgana, but, you know, a few right. a few new ones would be nice too.
1: Right, um, and then uh, the last tweet we have is from at Libby Slincard. They said, I would like to see Morgana's sister Morgos come back, and they're very excited about that. Um, and we have already discussed that a little bit, but yeah, that'd be interesting and I say, I think the three of them, Mor- ghost Morgana and Nimway together would be a deadly combination Certainly. so um that's another curious one. but thank you, everyone, for all the responses uh It's always great to hear from everyone, and we'll continue to ask questions. Be sure to respond and you can ever if you ever have a um a thought about an episode or about anything, go ahead and tweet it at us, and perhaps we'll mention you on the show um to wrap things up. We just want to remind you of our social networks. We've already mentioned our Twitter multiple times. Um, If you look up at Merlin underscore cast, you will find our Twitter page. And We're actually up to like 850 followers now, which is huge. The Merlin cast fandom is growing, and we're very happy about that. Um, On there, you can read our tweets. We tweet all sorts of news, and we keep up to date, and we love to respond to people, and if you tweet at us, there's a good chance we'll respond to you. So Be sure to get on there, and um, get in contact with us, or at least follow us and get to know us a little bit. Also, you can check out our Facebook. You just search MerlinCast in the search bar on Facebook. That's another simple one, and you can like us on there, or um, you can comment whenever you'd like. We love to hear your feedback. You can visit our website, which is uh, merlincast.blogspot.com, and it's a pretty simple a web address, but you go there, and that has all our episodes. You can download our episodes off that page, You can read up on who we are, we have a About the Merlincasters page, and you can find our Twitter on there as well, and our RSS feed. So that's a great page for all sorts of Merlincast resources. Uh, The other way to get our episodes is by going on iTunes and subscribing to us. We've had lots of people do that lately, and one thing I really have been pushing and I'd really like to encourage is for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, lots of people look at our page and they like to read uh, what the show's about and they also like to see what people's feedback is on the show. So if you really love this show and you really enjoy it, be sure to get on there and uh, give us a good rating and and if you don't like the show, which I hope you don't uh, actually I mean, <laughs> which what? I hope you do I, which I I hope you do like the show Um, that's fine too, you can give us a, a four stars out of five <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, we just want to hear some feedback, and it's great to see people's feedback up on the page. We have a few reviews on there right now, so be sure to do that as well. And the last thing you can do is always email us, um, themerlincast at gmail.com. And if you email us, we will be sure to respond to you. You can send us anything. You can ask us any question you want, any comment you want. Um, That's a very open email, and we love to hear your responses, and I'd really encourage you to do that. Uh, I think that's it. It's been a great episode. Next week, Courtney should be back, and then the week after that, I believe Sarah will be back as well, so we're building our way back up to full strength. Uh, Andrew and I apologize for skipping the kiss between Gwen and Arthur. I know that's a huge part, and, um, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) we'll hear about it. Oh, yeah. At (laughs) least I remembered in the end. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. My name's Aaron Millard.
0: My name's Andrew Bracey.
1: Okay. Tune in next time for episode 15. I'm not sure which episode we'll be covering yet, but I'll be sure to announce it on Twitter. Goodbye. Goodbye.